wanted to, and so I was quick to get my G1 driver's learner's permit. Uh, you know, I did the eight months of waiting and driver school in between, and then I wrote my G2 test. And that was it. I was able to go out alone. I passed uh, the test. I was able to go out alone. And wow, what a, a feeling of freedom. I remember kind of the drive home. I think my dad took me to the examination place. I remember thinking, wow, this, this changes absolutely everything. And so we experience uh, freedom, you know, when we, uh, when we are able to go out alone. My, my favorite hangout places on the map were, you know, kind of three or four places, all my friends' houses, and I memorized all the routes to uh, the local McDonald's, right, as the, the, um, the priority you have as a young person. I remembered memorizing the amount of lefts and rights I needed to take to those places, and so I was covered with the, with the spots that I knew. But the challenge for me, and, and many new drivers, is when we need to get to a place where we've never been before, right? And so f for me, I had a really interesting navigation strategy. I would look at a map for about two seconds, get a general idea of where I needed to go, and then I would hop in the car and try and get there, um, which was really ineffective. Um, you know, I remember a lot of times I would be fumbling around uh, neighborhoods and different streets trying to find my destination. I would pull over to the side of the road and call my mom and dad and say, hey, um, it, it happened again, you know, can you help me out? I would show up to my destination in a bit of like a sweat up the back, right? Because I'm not, I wasn't sure if I was even going to make it. And so this is uh, a silly problem. This is something that we know. It can be solved quite easily. There are a couple things I should have done. Uh, number one, I probably could have asked my parents before I left the house uh, exactly precisely of how to get to my destination. They had lived in the city that we grew up in, and uh, so they were very familiar with it. Another option, I, I could have called ahead to my destination and asked someone there and, and said, hey, you know, how, how do you get there? Um, they would have known how to explain that better than anyone. But the most baffling part of uh, the issue is that actually my my dad would loan me his car, I'm very thankful to him for that. He would keep a GPS unit in the glove box compartment. So, you know, some of you who are wondering, what's a GPS unit? We use our cell phones now. Well, I, I, I forgot to bring up my uh, illustration, a GPS unit. That's um, an example on the screen that, that um, you would put in the destination, just like your phone, and then it would map. Many of you know this. I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm teaching you something I already know. But my dad would keep this GPS unit in the glove box of, of, of his car. It was super accessible, wasn't turned on, but I knew that it was there. The problem for me and this GPS unit is that I, I actually didn't know how to use it. And so I never learned how to use it. I, I knew that it was there, but I never thought as a, uh, of it as a solution to my issue um, because I, I didn't understand how it worked. I wasn't familiar with it, and I never thought to use it. And this is crazy, right? This is a solution to a problem, a way to a better life, and, and I had chosen not to use it. And this is, this is weird. This is crazy behavior. Sometimes I think that this uh, navigational problem in this one aspect of my life, it, it actually can parallel a mentality that we have present in other areas of our lives. I know in, for my life, it, it uh, parallels a mentality present in other areas of my life. You know, for myself, at that same time of my life, I was experiencing freedom on the road, but I was also experiencing the freedom that we have in our modern lives. I was finishing high school. I was actually thinking towards post-secondary education, towards university, and, and this is the time when I was asking questions of myself like, you know, uh, 
um, what, type, what type of person should I become? What should I be working towards? What kind of things should I be assigning value to? In my adolescent years, I had a good example. I, I had a, a good understanding of what this was. I, I had people in my life that I wanted to emulate. Some good examples in my family and my friend group. I had a good idea of where I wanted to be in the future. I wanted to be a positive contributor in my church community and in, in my local community. And those are probably pretty good goals for young people to set out on. But there's an issue here uh, to, towards I'm leading up to. And, uh, and the issue here is that, you know, my destination was set by myself. I, I had allowed my own perspective of success to dictate my route and where I wanted to be. Although it was probably a good place to be, the, the issue is that God's will wasn't even really a factor in me setting the course for my life. And so on my own, I had set my sights on what I thought was best. And although I was taught the principles and the tools of how to hear God's voice and apply them in my life, they weren't put into action. And so I started on my journey through my young adult life, a journey that started without checking the route and not turning on the GPS. Again, this is crazy behavior. It doesn't make any sense. When we look at it logically and we stack up the facts, it is evident that God will speak to us. We read this in the Bible. Scripture doesn't state God speaking to us as a, a possibility, but it is actually a certainty. For those who follow him, Jesus says this in John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so this is how we can get lost in our lives. We, we take off uh, in the desire to enjoy the freedom of, of our world, and, and we maybe even forget the idea that God is wanting to speak to us. We find ourselves in dangerous places. Sometimes it's because we're in a hurry, right? We, we know that deadlines are approaching, and we are forced to make decisions. Um, we're, we're faced with challenges. We need quick answers to constant issues. We ask ourselves questions based on our immediate needs, and so it feels like the traffic of our life is forcing us to move quickly. Sometimes we start to follow avenues that look promising, right? We don't stop to consider whether it's the right route or even check that we have the right destination. And so this, uh, this way of life uh, leads to two alternatives. You know, perhaps we are following a route and we get lost on where we're going, or we actually get to the destination we were trying to get to and we realize that we never wanted to be there in the first place. Perhaps you know some of these moments. This is real for you. And, and when you find yourself uh, lost or at the wrong destination and, and, and in these moments, it's when we become acutely aware of our need for guidance. So if you're a believer in Jesus here today, you probably understand. You probably recognize the value of listening to God and his will for your life. We know these things. We know that God knows everything. Uh, in Psalm 147, verse 5, uh, the psalmist declares this of God. He said, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, uh, the writer says, um, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give account. So in terms of his ability to guide me and you, God is supremely qualified, amen? <laughs> God is supremely qualified to guide us in our lives. Yes, he is. And we know that, um, you know, he is able to do this, but we know that he also is motivated because he loves us 
deeply. He's demonstrated his love for us to work out things for our good. This is how we read about this element of God's love for us in the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 10 to 14. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work according to His plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth and the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. And so this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we actually sang about it this morning that God loved us. He sent his son to the earth that uh, Jesus, his son, died for us to atone for our sin that he was buried, but then he was raised to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. He did this so we could live at peace with him, that we can live as his children, that we can live as citizens of his kingdom reign on the earth. And so we have this knowledge that we can trust God because he loves us. He is able and also very willing to speak into our lives. And, and so we recognize this truth today. If you're a follower of Jesus, you must have probably recognized this at some point in your life. But how is it that we actually hear his voice and apply what we listen to uh, in our lives? You know, how, how is it that we can actually live with his will in mind by hearing his voice? So we'll return to our main passage today in John chapter 10. I've already read it this morning, uh, Jesus' words for us, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. And uh, so we're talking about sheep this morning. In our Peterborough community, I would probably guess that maybe some of us have some farming experience. I do not. Perhaps there are some people who, uh, you know, have some livestock connections. I know Pastor Bobby, who, who's not here this morning, he's on vacation. He was raised, he had some, I think he had chores involving cows at some point. Uh, my guess is that many of us here don't have experience raising livestock, particularly sheep. Um, however, in the time when Jesus was teaching, shepherds and their flocks would have been uh, commonplace where in his region. And, and over the countryside of Judea, they would have been a very clear visual example uh, to illustrate this, this really strong point um, about how God communicates to us. And so uh, he uses this first century model to explain how you and I can hear the voice of God and orient our lives around him. This is, is Jesus who's teaching us about first century shepherding, but also about how we can uh, listen to the voice of God. So this is what he says in John chapter 10, verse 2 to 5. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all, out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. So in the first century, the shepherd cares for his sheep day in and day out. He's the one who leads them to new pastures to eat, 
protects them from harm. Perhaps the shepherd was even there when they were born, when they were brought into this world. And so the sheep, over time, they learn to know the shepherd's voice. They know this because they spend time with the shepherd and learn over time that he's good to them and that he protects them. They're naturally wary uh, of those whom they don't know um, characteristically, but they have learned to trust the shepherd. And so we mirror this, followers of Jesus. This is what he says about us. We, we know his voice because we spend time with him day in and day out. We know that he's the one who leads us through new seasons. He protects us from harm, and he's been faithful to us over the history of our lives. I don't know about you, but uh, I can relate to this. Naturally, we may be wary about listening to other people, other sources for guidance, but we know that we can trust God because he actually has proven himself to us over the duration of our lives. Maybe we even see in other people in the flock that God has been faithful to him, and so we recognize that he can be trusted. So we hear his voice, and then we know to follow it. This is the nature of our relationship of, of hearing from God, you know, that we know his voice, that we are able to pick it out and follow it. So a couple, a couple thoughts. This is our main passage for this morning, three main thoughts to help us um, really attach an understanding to what this means. Uh, the first of these um, points to understand is that, you know, how do we actually listen to God? What, what are we actually supposed to be tuning into? Well, we, to listen to his voice, we need to know what to be listening to. Uh, Jesus teaches us which voice we're supposed to be listening to later in the Gospel of John. And so a different part of, the, of this um, book, we actually read in, in, in chapter 16, Jesus is talking to the disciples before his time on earth uh, has approached. It, he knows that his time on earth is ending, and so this is what he says to, to his disciples. I have much more to say to you, more than you now can bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, for he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive and what he will make known to you. And so, as believers of Jesus and disciples of Jesus, we know it's actually the Holy Spirit that speaks to us, guiding us into all truth. We have this relationship with the Holy Spirit by speaking to and listening to Him, and we receive direction and guidance from Him, but also an enriched relationship through conversation. Um, we, we actually believe here that we can have experiences with the Holy Spirit, like experiences that are, are for big things in our life, like the conviction of, of sin for guidance and direction through major life choices. Maybe he might give us messages for other people or for his church. We also know that the Holy Spirit communicates in even smaller things, which we might call promptings or leadings of the Holy Spirit, which is you know, a prompting towards an action or a decision that, that we may experience in different ways. But the key theme here is that the Holy Spirit, the voice that we hear from the Holy Spirit, won't speak anything that is contrary to Jesus or what the Father says to us. In fact, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals the character of Jesus, the very nature of God to us. He teaches us what Jesus taught, and he shows us truth and wisdom for our lives. And so this is, this is the point number one, is that the voice that we hear is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you might be thinking, what does that mean I, I, um, in terms of voices? I, I haven't heard any voices before. Well, actually, I would argue that 
we actually hear many voices in our lives. Um, maybe we change our perspective of what that means, but we do. We hear many voices um, in our lives. It's actually very e easy to hear different voices. There are other voices that speak to us just in the voice of God. The Bible warns us uh, a couple of these, and so we'll go through them in a, in a sequential order. The first of these other voices is a major theme in the letter to the Galatians. It's the concept of uh, our flesh, the flesh, um, which is a, like a gross word, I think, that uh, signifies our natural bend towards what is self-gratifying. It's a result of the distorted nature we have because of humanity's rebellion against God. The, the flesh actually competes with the Spirit for our attention. We, we read this in the letter to the Galatians, chapter 5. The Apostle Paul writes, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. It's, it's our, our sinful nature that pulls us away from the will of God by trying to lead us, speak to us, um, by doing things in conflict with the will of God. And so we recognize this voice when um, we, we were hearing the flesh speak to us, when we hear a voice that is wanting to control. So the next voice that we might hear in John chapter 10, re returning to our main passage, Jesus is teaching about the sheep that hear. He warns us about another voice. It's the, the voice of the enemy, right? In John chapter 10, verse 10, we, we read that the, uh, that the enemy uh, waits to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, he is competition for our listening ears. The enemy also competes with God and, and would like to feed us false information. He feeds us false information about ourselves. He feeds us false information about the people around us. He sometimes tries to feed us false information about who God is. And so, we know that uh, in Jesus, we experience the fullest life, and this is how we understand that when the enemy is speaking to us, we hear a voice that is speaking lies, something that tries to convince us that the fullest life isn't found in Jesus. And so when we hear a voice that is speaking something we know not to be true, we know that we're listening to the voice of the enemy. And so point number two is that there are multiple voices in our lives, and we need to actually be vigilant and active in discerning what is the voice of God and what is not. And this sounds like a difficult challenge. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it does sound difficult. But we can have hope um, amidst the challenge to hear his voice. See, it would be scary if we were left alone just to accomplish that task by ourselves, but God knows the challenge ahead of us, and, he, and we know that He is patient with us as we find our way to Him. We're actually helped. Uh, we read it before in the letter to the Ephesians. We're helped by the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish this task, which is to know which voice is the Holy Spirit and to listen and to act on that voice. Paul encourages us, the Apostle Paul encourages us to let the Spirit actually control our minds, which leads to life and peace. You'll notice that when we listen to the other voices, we're not led to peace. We're actually led in the opposite direction to fear and hatred and anxiety. But the Spirit has power to accomplish this task within us, right? We, we know that the Holy Spirit is incredibly powerful. In Scripture, he's, cre he's credited as the power that raised Jesus from the dead and that he also resides within us. And so through constant conversation with God, speaking and listening to him, 
Through prayer and solitude and through the Holy Spirit, we set a course for our lives, knowing God's will because we are proximate in relationship to Him. The Holy Spirit continues to speak the truth of Jesus, to glorify Him, and to guide us into truth. He speaks to us, He teaches us about our benevolent Father, about the sacrifice of Christ, and the way of a disciple of Jesus. So this is the purpose of God communicating to humanity. In relationship, He can reveal His truth and love, and through the Holy Spirit, God reveals both His wisdom and truth to us in ways that are just very accessible in our daily lives. A couple of these really accessible ways, I'll go through them quickly. Uh, number one, you know, we can experience the truth of God in godly people around us, right? God is working in all of us to reveal himself, and he actually does this in different ways to different people. Um, by accessing the experiences of others, the expression of spiritual gifts from other people, it's, it's, that's one way that you and I can experience what God is trying to speak to us when we know that there are trustworthy and reliable people who might be able to reveal God's wisdom. We know this because the work of God is evident in their lives. This is one of the reasons why we meet together as a church. It's one of the reasons that the church exists is to facilitate relationships between people and families and generations so that we can be speaking God's truth to one another. Another way that we can um, hear the voice of God is to uh, pray to Him and, and be in conversation with Him. When we pray, uh, when we pray, sometimes it might be difficult, right, to know the words to actually say to him. And, and this can seem difficult, but we don't need to feel the burden of not knowing what to say. In fact, we know that the Holy Spirit is helping us uh, do this as well. You know, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we don't know what, what to say. And so when we pray, we can clear our minds and just focus on listening to what he might have to say, maybe through a sense of direction or leading. And one final way, and, and probably the most accessible way that we can put ourselves in a place to hear the voice of God is to read His Word, right? It's something we've demonstrated several times this morning, and I'm confident that the illumination of the Holy Spirit has, has uh, occurred for some of us that are here. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we're reminded that the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword penetrates to even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Word of God is alive and active because it's the Spirit who brings to our attention passages and even specific words that our souls desperately need to hear. But for many of us, it may be so that the truth in the Scriptures is actually like the GPS in my father's glove box, right? We know that it's super accessible, but um, maybe it's not something that we are accessing. It, it could be because we think that the scriptures, like the GPS, they take a lot of effort to understand and they're difficult uh, to make sense of. You know, there's a lot of poetry and, um, and uh, complicated imagery. But there are a multitude of resources that we can use to even just begin the process and, and teach ourselves about what God might be saying through His Word. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 8 um, tells the Israelite nation to write the law onto their hearts. And how much more as us living in the new covenant should we be 
taking the written word of God and also writing it on our hearts so that we may, may be reminded of it always. And so, to return to the metaphor one more time, here's the thing about a, a GPS, right? A GPS unit knows how to tell you where to go only if it knows exactly where you are. See, the unit itself is fed information by satellites way deep in space. I don't even know where we are. It's a bit dark, I can't see. They're, they're, they're fed information by satellites that orbit the Earth, and the satellites themselves are actually always communicating information to the GPS. But the satellite communicating information isn't what makes the unit work. It's, it's actually if the unit is turned on, if the unit is receiving the information sent by the satellite. You know, so there's some effort on our part as receivers to, uh, to receive from the source. In the same way, we need to make ourselves available so that we can listen and hear the voice of God, so that we're entering into an open communication with Him. So again, just as we close this morning, the band can actually make their way back to the stage. I'll just bring some resolution to my earlier story, and it's a positive uh, ending for sure. God in his infinite wisdom and, and patience, as I was that young person kind of moving through those critical stages of my life, he was able to use people in my life in such a gentle way to influence my decision-making, you know, for my future steps in education and friendship for the values that I now have and the principles I hold. I often look back and I'm amazed to see his involvement throughout the story of my life. And I, I know a large part of it is because people have been praying for me the whole time. And so through those years in university, I, I, I continued and I, I actually did finish that first degree. It was challenging, but I did finish it. And I became really involved in my local church. I, I had a passion to start serving and, and then after I had finished university, I had the opportunity, and then I had the, the ability, and then I fin kind of finally, I had the desire to move to my next stage in life, which was to attend to uh, Bible college here in town. I, I went to master's college and seminary for two years. And through that process of opportunity and desire, just even before moving to that stage, that's when I learned the proximate relationship that we can have with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, the incredible value that it has. There's, a, there's actually an old hymn, I don't have this in my notes, but there's an old hymn, you know, called Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And, and it really is true that it is very sweet when we trust in God to guide our paths. So here is a challenge for us this morning. And, and the band can begin to play as, as we prepare to lead into uh, to another song. A challenge for us this morning, you know, how are we checking the roots of our lives these days. You know, are we actually interested in the destination before we hop in the car and start driving? Are you trying to hear God's voice when only in moments of crisis? You know, would, would we want to hear God's voice if he ever spoke something to us in which we disagreed with? What would our lives look like if we tuned into what God was speaking in any moment? If, if we listened to God in everyday moments and crises? What if we asked ourselves questions like, where does God want me to be? How is God providing opportunity for me in this moment? Who is God putting in my path?
And then we actually acted on what he speaks to us. We know that it will happen if we make ourselves available. You know, what if we actually heard from God today about the question that you originally wanted to hear? How would that change your day, change your week? See, rather than getting in the car and getting going, let's actually question the destination we're going towards. Let's take a pause and a second to carefully consider the route before we put our lives in gear. If, if we consult our, our trusted brothers and sisters in Christ, we spend some time in prayer, or we spend some time reading and studying God's Word and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate truth to us, we draw near to Him in an intimate relationship. And, and God tells us that when we draw near to Him, that He'll do the same to us. So as we prepare to uh, enter into a final song, and, and maybe we just a moment of reflection, I wanted to end the service by doing this. I'll, I'll read two passages, two more passages of Scripture for maybe you to make your prayer this morning, and then I, I will close in prayer, but let me read these, these, uh, these two passages. The first is a proverb, and then I'll finish with a psalm. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And this uh, next passage is Psalm chapter 24, verse 4 to 5. And if you're comfortable, you can say it along with me in your head. You can say it along with me in the room if, if you desire. Let's make this our prayer this morning. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Yeah, Father, we, we pray this this morning. God, would you please show me your ways. Holy Spirit, teach us your paths. Lead us in the way that you would have us go. God, as we set directions for our lives. It might be something small like in this day. It could be this week. Or we're planning big things like what we should be assigning value to, what we should be prioritizing in our lives. God, would you help us? We ask today that you would help us in that task. Would you set a path before us and just lead us to that better place? God, we might be going through something difficult today, and some of these words seem challenging to internalize Holy Spirit, I pray uh, that, that you would combat any fear, that you would combat any doubt, God, that you are powerful enough to overcome the difficult circumstances in each of our lives. And so we're at a place today where we want to choose to trust you. We choose to believe that you are powerful. So have your way in our hearts today, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you this morning.